Welcome to this week's Silk Grassroots Podcast, the Amateur Footballer, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Grassroots football is finally back and we're buzzing. Get Down to Play today, the UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Hello, hope everyone is well. My name is Tabriz from the Amateur Football Podcast. Thank you to the Selk family for allowing me to speak once again. This episode was a pre-recorded um, conversation that I had with Coach Amit. Uh, coach Amit is a coach at Grand Athletic, the current London Challenge Cup holders. And we just kind of talk about his journey into football, his journey into coaching, uh, his aspirations. And you'll also hear some other people as well. Um, there are people that were on um, on the panel. And again, just asking him questions. And hopefully there's some kind of nuggets, gold nuggets for anyone out there um, that's looking to get into football, either playing or coaching. And hopefully you will find this conversation really interesting. Again, please go and follow the Selk podcast. Please go follow the Amateur Football on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, just type in amateur football and I'm sure you'll see something, something out there. Thank you guys for listening and I'll see you guys real soon. Coach Amit, I'm not going to talk too much because you are the special guest, but uh, Coach Amit uh, is a coach of Grand Athletic who are currently the League Challenge Cup winners. So well done, well done, well done. Uh, and then we have Barry at the top, um, Ultimate Football Network, the founder. Uh, again, he has an extensive network of over 600 people on his phone and he's literally here to, to actually spread knowledge and again to support everyone from grassroots all the way up to the elite. We have... Barry G, Coach Barry, founder of Independent FC, more than 30 years in the game, and he's brought through many, many pro players, and he's got a lot of players on on his books. But I can already be scouted for Norwich, Middlesbrough, hey, like, you know, like it goes on. Um, we have uh, Mimi, founder of Mo, um, MO Sports Coaching, um, a football coach. And again, his, you know, his kind of uh, CV and his kind of knowledge is, is literally runs, runs deep, um, very knowledgeable. Uh, he does one-to-one sessions, group group sessions. So again, thank you to Mimi. And we have Laura, who's a big, big grassroots fan. Um, she just loves the game of football. She's a, you know, um, a West Ham supporter. Huge smile. So, hey, you know what? This is going to be a wonderful, wonderful show. So, again, thank you to everyone tuning in. So, hey, again, actually, before I start, before I start, um, I just something I, something I just want to put out. Um, next week, Saturday, sorry, Sunday, on the 29th of, of August, I'll be playing in a charity game. Um, it's uh, Charcoal Celebrities versus Sands United, and um, the players involved we have Jimmy Bullard, uh, Michael Jubri, Neil Ruddock, Ad from the only way is Essex, and myself. <laughs> and um, what it is, um, Sands supports parents who have kind of lost children, and literally all, all that money raised will be will be given to the charity um and you know there's going to be stalls there's going to be things things that for kids and um hopefully i could probably make a few minutes <laughs> so uh jack jack osborne says good evening all good evening to you jack good evening to you so you know what let's just start off anyway coach amit thank you for like coming on um yes hey like could you kind of give us like a just a quick one two like minute blurb in terms of who you are and what you do and a little bit of your experience. Yeah, obviously, as you mentioned, I'm Coach Ahmed. I've been coaching football for 20 years plus now. I've been working in everything and anything from community work to academy football to amateur football, semi-professional football. Um, currently manager of Grand Athletic, 
um, who take part in the Ron Pope uh, Sunday League, won the London Cup and the league last year, which was a massive achievement. Also doing my one-to-one sessions, which is Coach Arm at Elite Football Development. So I do that primarily at the weekends or after school, quite busy through the summer holidays at the moment with that. Um, and I'm also working for Mentivity as a PE teacher, self-employed. So all the work I do is self-employed, um, very busy, at times overwhelming, but thoroughly enjoy it. It's my passion. So yeah, just happy to be on tonight's show. So thank you for inviting me. And obviously, good evening to everyone as well. So hopefully it'd be a good one tonight. So looking forward to it. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And again, guys, this is going to be a Q&A. So if there's any questions, please put them in the comments. I will try my damn hardest to actually get everything answered. And again, you know, this is just going to be a general chit chat as well. So, hey, like, uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy. So um, the first question I will give to Mimi. <laughs> On the spot to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, uh, for a good, good football coaching background, what would you say in terms of through all of your different experiences, uh, what would you say are the sort of differences or similarities between grassroots amateur football and then the academy semi-pro, pro level that you've coached at? Um, what sort of piece of information you can give to us in terms of the type of players you've coached at that, at a different level? Yeah, I mean, I mean, across the different levels, um, there's there's a clear passion in terms of the children who who take part in the football. You know, they they're, they're out there, they love football, they want it to be fun, they want it to be yeah. enjoyable, they want it to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been lucky to kind of coach in those various environments where I can try and provide that positive environment for children, even adults, to just enjoy it. You know, and I think through through enjoyment and and through making training hard and competitive and also yeah. um, engaging i think there's been there's always a clear kind of picture or clear kind of trend in, in just what happens within the sessions or even within the teams so i think there's there's a clear passion in terms of the people that take part in it um obviously across the levels it, it might vary slightly so in terms of the elite football you know in a way they kind of have to be there the players in terms of they're trying yeah. to Prior to kind of go on and become a, a young kind of professional footballer, yeah. Where at your kind of lower levels, whether it be community based or even like your grassroots teams, they don't have to be there. And actually, sometimes they have a lot of other interests as well. Not that elite mm-hmm. footballers don't have that as well, but I think their time and their structure needs to be probably managed a little bit more effectively. Whereas, whereas some of the younger ones uh, or grassroots level, they this a little bit more varied. They're a little bit more flexible in. You could you could have them for three Sundays or a Saturday, three Saturdays, and then you maybe don't have them for the next two weeks because maybe they're doing. Yeah, something yeah, else. I hear that. Yeah, yeah, no. I guess yeah. That's why you have your you know your decent squad size in terms of those teams. So yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. And Laura, would yeah. love to hear your question. So, what kind of level do you prefer to work with, the top or the lower? Do you think some want it more than others? Um, is it easier to work with the the top, or like you say, they're there because they have to be yeah. there, whereas the others want to be there, yeah. maybe? Yeah, I think the first part to your question in terms of what I prefer or what I maybe find easier. Um, I mean, I'm at, I mean, I've been coaching for like twenty years plus now, and I've, as I mentioned earlier, I've done everything from starting off as a volunteer working in community organisations where it was just about getting kids out and doing something positive and engaging them. And that was sometimes working in local states in in South London, in, in Peckham or Nunhead or Dulwich, you know, in that kind of suburb borough. And, mm-hmm. then, um, and, then, and then there's been obviously other environments where I'm working with in elite centres where I've worked for, say, Fulham, where you're trying to help those young children push on and maybe get trials for those professional clubs and then potentially get signed. For me... It's a question I've been asked quite a few times in terms of who I actually enjoy coaching the most as well, whether it be children or adults. I actually love just coaching everyone. You know, it could be children, it can be boys, it can be girls, it could be anyone. I just, I'm passionate about football and that's what I've kind of known since I've left school. I don't think there's mm-hmm. anything out there that I really want to do apart from just be involved in sports, but primarily football is my love and passion. In terms of the children, in terms of your, your second part of the question, um, I think I think football coaching is hard. 
it's not easy. I think, I think, I think a lot of people agree that a coach has got many kind of kind of caps that you wear. You could be a father, you could be a mother, you could be a, an analyst, you could be a scout, you could be the first day trainer. And I think across kind of football as a whole, it's very difficult. And I think there's a lot of individuals that are doing a lot of good work out there. Um, and I think sometimes, I think the, the, the sometimes higher, higher that you go up, sometimes some might say it becomes easier. You know, because sometimes when you work with, say, some of the kids, you're having to manage behaviour as well. You manage mm -hmm. behaviour, obviously, across the board, as it is anyway. You could be in a, a semi-professional football club and you've got some pretty honours or players with egos and stuff that are coming on a Tuesday, Thursday evening, just finished work, and all they do want to do is just kind of play football, which is the main thing. But sometimes when you want to kind of prepare the team for the, for the weekend match or the weekday match, you're trying to do some specifics, and sometimes players are, are just not on it. So you're having those challenges and having to try and manage mm. them. So I think football and coaching mm. as a whole isn't easy. And I'll, I'll take my hat off for everyone that's involved in it. Mm. And, yeah. and do you think that there's red tape, like the higher you, you like get in the football pyramid? When you mean by red tape, what do you mean specifically? So Sorry. um so um um you like spoke about how like players are different and literally like like management is slightly different, like the higher you you like become. And um, again, you know, there's like a like a lot of people that sometimes fall out of love because of the because of the yeah the, the kind of red tape, like the higher yeah, you. I know, yeah, okay, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, so I think, I mean, I mean, look, when when we start off doing anything, it's about enjoyment, isn't it? You know, I know there's some parents out there that push their children into something, and it, it's about them. You know, it's about mm -hmm. them being the, the footballer that they was that they wanted to. Yeah, be yeah, yeah going into kind of becoming a professional footballer. I mean, I've got two children, I've got a son and a daughter, and I could be out there every day, every morning, training them like mad, but I don't. My, my son naturally is passionate about football because he sees what I do, you know, and hopefully I'm that positive role model. But I don't, his love for football is just through seeing what I do as a coach. And fortunately for him, he's been involved in sessions or programmes or, you know, that, that, you know, that I've been running or delivering. Um, so I think sometimes when you go higher up, players do sometimes fall out, fall out of love out of the game because mm. sometimes there's too much pressure. I think we have to allow players to be who they are, you know, have fun, work hard, you know, and, and but also just enjoy being a kid or even a young man, you know, because even, even when I look at some of the adults that play at semi-professional football, even professional football, us adults here, we're still like little kids anyway. We still want to be the people that we was when we were yeah. younger. Do you know what I mean? Nothing's changed. It's all that we've done is just get a little bit older. You know, well, I'm 40 this year anyway. So, yeah. But so, you know, we're, we're still the same individuals and it's it's got to be about enjoyment. But obviously, in terms of where you are in your journey, then, you know, then there's layers that are added to it yeah. in terms of like, the seriousness yeah. of that football. Uh, coach, Coach Barry. Uh, evening, Ahmed. Hi, uh, evening. Um, my question's a bit different. I'm more interested in like, what was a, when you was growing up? What was your football career like? What was your influences around you? Because you're still very young, and you said that I've looked at your CV and you started coaching from like quite a young age. Yeah. Why did you move from like playing straight into coaching to such a high level? Did you get in yeah. with an injury or what happened? What happened while you moved from one to the other? Yeah, sorry, no, it's a good I, I don't want to dig too deep, sorry. No, dig deep. You want to dig deep. No, listen, that that's that's me all over, Barry. So I don't mind those questions because that's that's who what in terms of your question, yeah. That question, that's this is who I am. So yeah, yeah. That, that that enables me to answer kind of my journey from when I started as a young child to where I am yeah. now. Now, like what um, influenced you as a young child? Um, what influenced you? You know what? I've, I've, um, I've just been fortunately to, I've, I've always had that kind of, that inner drive, that determination, that passion. Yeah. I think when I was in primary school, as we probably have many stories, my, my friend uh, asked me to come down to a local club. It was Elms Football Club. Yeah. Um, I, I was playing, I was playing for like the B team. Um, losing every week, crying after the games, just, you know, I think you know, I had that that inner kind of, you know, I wanted to win, I wanted to do well. And then um, and then luckily, I think we played 
um, Atherley in the in the Bexley Cup or the the London Cup or wherever it was, and the manager for Atherley and the, the team Atherley that we was playing with three leagues above us. So yeah. on paper we were supposed to get annihilated. You know we were supposed to get beat really bad. Yeah. But I think at half time I think it was like something like four nil or five nil, and I was playing as a centre back. He saw something on me, and from that moment when he asked me to sign for Atherley, my football kind of career as a young child just flew. So I started playing for Athlete. We won trophy after trophy every year. Um, within one week, he made me captain of the team. The players and the teams that hold on. Wow. Yeah, so um, that was massive. Um, he, was where I, he was where I was from as well. So my, my background's Turkish Cypriot. And, and that's, where my, that's where my manager for Athlete was from as well. And he was like a second dad to me. You know? yeah. So it was, just, it was just kind of meant to be. And... Um, so I won lots of trophies, leagues and cups. Yeah. Um, was playing for Millwall in the academy, had some injuries. And then I think my last opportunity was when I went to uh, play for Norwich on tour in, in Scotland, where we was playing against Celtic and Rangers and other, yeah. other clubs around the world. And um, and I got offered to kind of sign for Norwich, but my manager at the time was the same guy, said, I'm going to get better because I was probably one of the better players in the team. We was very successful as a team, as you can imagine. There's probably at least half your team that are just very good players. And um, so that was an opportunity that I didn't take up on. And then all of a sudden, that was the last opportunity I had. And then I just fell into kind of semi-professional football. And I played for some good teams, Bromley, yeah. Croydon, kind of local kind of South London, Southwest London teams. Yeah. But I never seemed to do as well as I did as a kid. I remember once going to play for Welling um, as a 16-year-old. Um, I was like the first year. So obviously you have your second years and your first years players that have been there the year before. Yeah. And I remember, I remember get you know being put on the bench, and I wasn't used to that. I played every week. I was captain. That that was like new to me. And I think at the time I just needed someone to put their arm around me and say, "Look, you've got a lot of potential, but you're kind of behind the first years in terms of yeah. you know the centre backs in front of you." In terms of like your and part of your question as well, I think the transition into coaching was just natural. I think because of my character and who I am so a leader I'm determined you know I want to win I, you know I'm passionate about football all those kind of natural characteristics yeah. just let itself well into kind of coaching want it and I always want to do best in, in terms of helping everyone you know so when I worked with you know young children or even adults I was I was always always able to kind of give some decent advice you know well I, I thought it was good advice at the time and I think I got more confident in what I was doing and it just became naturally something that I knew that I was going to follow and hopefully kind of build upon in terms of where I, I went with coaching. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good question, that. Yeah, because I always like to ask, like, um, a lot of players do that through the transition. They might come from grassroots, <laughs> go academy, and then they might not go through academy, they end up in non-league. I did yeah. everything to it. Non-leagues are very... Mm, I don't, I've got to be careful what I say. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't know, because well, it's difficult because you, you leave somewhere like independent, let's say under 16s or under yeah. 17 and 18s, and then you get asked to go and play men's football, and then you're mixing it with, you know, grown men in the change rooms that are, you know, having showers and also yeah. you're older. What's this about? Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, no, it's, 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 it's that will never happen to me. I'll tell you a word for that. You don't have, you know, you don't have managers that, you know, kind of give players time to kind of learn about that environment and experience, especially if they've come out from pro football as well in academies. No. You know, um, so it's 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 not it's not easy at all. Ahmed, you've managed like um, non-league, and I find that with the non-league managers, there's much more pressure on the manager for success. So if a young boy comes in for the first team, he's got to be straight away. There's no time yeah. to. You ain't got time as a manager. You haven't got time to say I'm going to develop him slowly. And he wants to. Unless no, you're spot on, Barry. I mean, I mean, I, I haven't managed at semi-pro, and, well, and, and yeah, and I've and I've and that's been that's been one of the pathways that I've kind of looked at, thinking, you know yeah. what, do I do I go through academy football or do I go through non-league? And yeah. as you said, I've, I've been I've been everything um, apart from manager. Um, yeah. 
And, and even when I'm assistant manager, in my mind, I've been a manager because it's just natural. Yeah. I want to manage the team. I want to, I want to man management with the players. I want to, I want to deliver the coaching sessions. Um, I want to win. I want to prepare the team for the next match. I want to look at the analysis of how we're playing. Um, yeah. And I want to help those young men that come into those environments. And hopefully I, over time that I've done that, hopefully I've played a part in doing that, supporting young men. You know, so even if they've had that one year with me or three to six months with me or two years, hopefully they've learned from me from a coaching perspective, but also from a management perspective, even if I haven't had the title. Mm. So, yeah, that's good. Do you prefer playing or managing? Do you know what? I, I really wanted to make it as yeah. a professional oh, footballer. Amazing. amazing. You know what, Laura? It's, it's, it's a great question. And I was, I was about to say that to Barry a minute ago, but I forgot. So you've kind of just reminded me. Yeah. There's, been, there's been times like through, through, through my career of coaching where I've, I've sat down and I thought to myself, you know what? Am I doing this because I didn't make it as a professional footballer? Like, am I still trying to live my dream? And I guess there's a part of that which is, which is fine. Um, but I don't want to play anymore. I do sometimes join in with the players. I've, no, I've had to show some of the grand players sometimes because they've the grand boys have sometimes linked up, linked up together and gone down to goals, and they yeah. haven't asked me to come. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, what's going on here? Like, and I've gone up to like the management, like the, the chairman or whatever it be, and I've said, yeah. I said, next time you go, can I get a text as well, please? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, you know. Because I can play as well. And it I doesn't think leave done, you, does it? It doesn't leave you. I think we've done, yeah. we done the, the, the oldest versus youngers. And I end up getting put on the youngest in the end because the olders are too many players. And I think um, I think the grand boys would, would, would probably say the same, but they said I was one of the best players on the day, so I'll take that. But I think, but I'll be true to myself as well. I, I, I had a little bit of a 15, 20-minute cameo last week on one of our friendlies. And yeah. I was a bit off the pace because I think five sides, seven aside, eleven aside is obviously different. Um, yeah. so, so, but yeah, no, no, but in, in answer to your question, Laura, I prefer yeah, I prefer coaching now, and and it's it's all about management and coaching for me. Yeah. Good. Cool, cool. And Barry from Ultimate Football Network. Amit, um, nice to meet you today. Um, tonight, um, I was going to ask you about training. Um. Obviously, at different levels, they do use different training techniques. Do you think you'd ever use, or do you think you'd ever subscribe to using footsore as a training technique, or, or or do you think that you'd steer away from that and you wouldn't use that? No, footsore is brilliant. I, yeah. I know some. I know I know some really great individuals out there, and some really good organisations. Footsore Elite's one of them, and I'm happy that I've, 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 um, I've, I've, I'm able to kind of make a reference to their name because they're a good organisation out there in terms of footsore. Um, I think they do it in Southwest London. Uh, so good friends of mine that have done their B license and I think maybe A license as well. Um, and I've, I've even taken my son down to their sessions in the past. And every time I've kind of gone to the sessions and especially with the, with the head coach, when he's delivered the sessions, there just seems to be so much freedom in, in kind of just expressing yourself. And obviously my son as well, where he's kind of like a late bloomer. So he's only just turned 14 in, uh, uh, on last Wednesday. So he's an August baby. I think futsal is brilliant for that because, as you know, with grassroots football, sometimes you've got all these teams and it's about the kid that can run through the whole team who's seven foot tall and physically stronger and bigger. Yeah. Whereas futsal yeah. doesn't allow for that because you can't just tump the ball. You've got to, you've got to, you know, you've got to manipulate the ball. You've got to, you know, do yeah. something 1v1s, 2v2s. You can't just kick it down the other end. So for me, futsal is a brilliant, brilliant tool and it's something that I would... Um, try and fit in a, a, as part of a training routine and structure for the, for the week. Do, yeah. do you think it's used enough in football? I can't say if it is or not because I, I'm not everywhere, but I, I probably make the assumption that it isn't. I yeah, because I've... Yeah, sorry. On sales, I've, I've asked several coaches at different levels and they they don't... They're not uh, using it. I, I think we sometimes need to pick, like, especially like grassroots level and, and even like adults football... Well, if you think about how it is in England with the weather, so when we get to some, you know, like September, October, that that kind of period from about October up to about February, I think futsal is a great tool to use. So when yeah. the weather and the pitches are not exactly. the greatest, if you're using an inside facility, why not do futsal? So and exactly. I think that's probably the best. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong doing it all year round, but I think that's one of the best times to do it. 
that's well, I, that's what exactly what I was saying before to coaches that why don't you use it in the winter when we when we you know when we can't play outside and then in the summer you can go back outside and do your normal training anyway. What's you've got nothing to lose. No, exactly, and, and it's enjoyable and we love it. And yeah, no, I think futsal's got a should play a big part in across all levels of football. And I think when I worked for Fulham's academy before, to be fair, Fulham had a day where they done futsal. In, in their in their academy age which, which was brilliant and I, I know the players really enjoyed it yeah Good. amazing amazing okay Can so i, I guess a question? Yeah, is yeah, that like on. a type of training that you do if you can't i'm i'm not i'm not hand, up to speed on what this is what you're talking about can you just explain yeah. it briefly so, uh, yeah so do you want to do, do that barry or did you prefer oh you can do it i mean that's fine that's fine yeah. no yeah so uh, so laurel li literally um Futsal is a bit similar to like five a side, so like five v five or six v six. Futsal is predominantly played inside, you know, like your sports halls that you get, like the leisure centres or you know the school facilities. Um, and with the futsal ball, it's it's like a weighted ball. So if you try to lift it off the ground like any other ball, it won't lift like that. So when we think about kind of um, some of the different physicalities that children have, and sometimes not some children don't have that power in terms of passing and shooting over, you know, longer kind of distances. Futsal encourages where you have to manipulate the ball more. So mm -hmm. what are you like on the ball as an individual and children? That, uh, and if you think about grassroots in terms of, and even the modern game now with, with the adults, a lot of teams are kind of playing out from the back. So um, futsal is great for that because it encourages not to kick the ball from one end down to the other. Whereas actually you try to maybe include in your game style where you're playing out from the back and you're having to kind of manipulate that ball and kind of play through mm -hmm. the first. Um, and you're kind of forced to do that in a way because even if you try to kick the ball, as I said earlier, down the other end, it just won't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, I think a lot of the Spanish academies and probably even grassroots, they, they, they probably play a lot more futsal than than um, like teams in the UK. And again, that's yeah. probably why they're more technically better at passing and, you know, receiving it in very tight spaces. Yeah. They, they're just a lot more comfortable. Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Yeah, so I think I think there's probably some statistics out there, but definitely players from South America, Brazil, Argentina, Spain, and Europe. A lot of those players have uh, have played futsal when they're younger. So when we see the likes of Neymar and the type of things that they do, they say that it's because they've had a really good foundation in playing futsal from a young age. And actually, a lot of players probably have played only futsal and haven't played Saturday. That's right. Sunday. Yeah. Football, so yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's right. Because I'm, I'm a couple of about four boys from Spain who I'm coaching. Yeah, and they said that's all they've done was futsal. Yeah, all they've done in Spain was play futsal. Yeah. They're actually older than they're twelve and thirteen. Yeah, and all they've done the years is right. futsal and um, Culver, Culver coaching futsal yeah. and Culver. Yeah, no, that's what they're you're a Culver coach, isn't it? I'm a, you're a Culver coach. Yeah, no, I've done that. I done, and I've done that at Fulham. That was brilliant. That was that was probably one of the courses I thoroughly enjoyed. Again, yeah, the methodology of, of how futsal is. Lots yeah. of kind of I think I think with, with, with Curver, I think they've got like a pyramid of how yeah. their structure yeah. of their sessions would look like. And when you look at it, it's a lot of kind of one v ones, two v two. Yeah, two it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Culver's brilliant. Yeah, so. Cool. And uh, I guess it's my, it's my question. So, um, so of course, you know, uh, I, so the first interaction that I had with Coach Amit was the Kamazi game. So this was on the way to the London Cup final. And that's my first interaction with you. And again, I, you know, when I film, it's not necessarily about the game. I kind of like to look at things that are going on beside me. And, you know, you was very animated, you, you know. Um, actually, I'm, yeah, actually, I think I've got a video. Let me just show everyone um, yeah, a video. It's a scam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, works. Glitch. Sabotage, that is. is it I knew. 
Trimmers, trimmers, go round, go round, just in case. Yes, Ola! Chase, come out, Chase, come out! In a minute, Chase, come back in in a minute. D, just be careful, a great support, but he didn't have it under control yet, yeah? Come off with them, maybe make the run, or get the ball to feet. Yeah, you got it, come on! Boys, boys, find Luke down the sides. Home, body, get nice and big, or run off him. Home, Omar, have you gone up? Yeah, okay. Hey, from Jordan, play. What's the show? Midfielder show. Hey, come on, mindset. Yeah, he's left. He's only told that. Yeah. Oh dear, honestly, it was. Uh, you know, um, and again, I'm, I'm really more like focused on you know like the people on the sideline, and um, and uh, I like she did a quick video about. Where I believe Grand won the won the final, and it was literally when you kind of took off. I'd say one of your your kind of linchpins of the team, Chase, in the you know end of final. And um, I've actually got another video which I'll probably show a little bit later. But I mean, what what was said in the changing room? Actually, you know what? Let me show the video first before you know. Um, saying that. Okay, so what was said in the changing room, and you know, what and actually, what was the reason for you to actually take off Chase at that particular time? Just before that, I'm not. I'm not sure how much. I, I, my my end it wasn't really working. So I'm not sure how much you guys oh. saw of, of what uh, kind of what was said. So maybe it worked for you guys. I didn't really say. I mean, I, I know it anyway. But yes, yeah, so in, in answer to your question, what what was said in the change room? Did you say sorry? Yes, yes. You can't yeah. reveal that to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Can you? I mean, you got to hold your cards to your chest. Yeah. No. Do you know what I think? Shake. <laughs> Chase is a great character, you know. Like he's, he's, you know, we've got a lot of similarities in 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 just as a there's a clear passion for the game, there's a clear respect for the game, there's a clear determination, uh, a will to win, there's a clear kind of, you know, wants to take things on to be better, to develop, to learn, to be the best that he can be. There's clear, t you know, there's a he's, he's tenacious, you know. So he's he's a coach's dream in that sense, and I think. You know, when you're when you're playing a game of that magnitude, that like a cup final, whether it be semi-final, quarter-final, um, you know, emotions are flying high, aren't they? And and I think my job, you know, and obviously working closely with Finney Finney Banks as well in terms of other management at Grand, um, our job is trying to you know trying to keep the change room nice and calm and try and bring it back to, you know, where we can be a little bit more calm and actually talk about, you know, what went well in the first half and where we could be better. You know, instead of shout, shouting and, you know, ranting and raving. Um, obviously, Chase, after I told him, he was disappointed. He understood, you know, he, you know, he was he was clearly gutted. Like anyone, like no one wants to come off at halftime in, in any type of game, especially that magnitude of a game in, in a cup final, especially when you've got a play of Chase's um, characteristics. He wants to go out and he wants to do it for the team. It's not just about him. It's about, you know, for the team, he wants to win which you will see when he's on the sidelines, you know, when he's not playing, when he's injured. I mean, he's been there both for our friendlies, you know, this season because he wants to be around the boys and he wants to help. And I think my my, my word was to him, look, you know, you're on a yellow card. Um, you know, the game's quite tense. It's quite close. All it takes is one more late challenge or one dodgy, you know, one dodgy call from the referee and then we're having to play the game with 10 men. So I had to make that call along with Vinny as well. Um, he understood it, but like I said, just like I would be, he was gutted. But the minute I then made the substitution and that play was very influential as well when he came on and obviously we ended up winning the game, you kind of forget about those things, you know. And, and as you saw in that in that in that, you know, that, that little video that you that you showed, fortunately when a player gets taken off, you can get brought back on in the London Cup. So 
I mentioned to him, you know, just be ready and be prepared, just like I would with any with any of the other players. So, um, yeah, that, that was it. And you know, like, you know, that kind of shows uh, a lot of uh, discipline because, again, you know, you are like managing twenty-two, you know, yeah. men with egos, and again, it's a final. Uh, and you know, that like moment, you know, it, it was it was a it was a very it was a very heartwarming woman moment. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was kind of something that again shows shows your pedigree, um, and kind of also it can literally shows that you literally also have the respect of Chase and also the other players because again like no like no one even batted an eyelid. So again, that was those you know it kind of showed. You no, know, at, at at Grand and and you know I'm I'm really grateful for the opportunity that I've got with Grand Athletic. You know we met in the summer last year and and it was put to me about managing the team. And at first, I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really pay much attention to, uh, to the Sunday football because where, where I'm in the bubble of just trying to progress in football and I'm trying to focus on like the, the semi-pro or the academy football, or trying to find that full-time job, I didn't really have enough time to kind of look at the socials and watch what SE Dons are doing or look at what other teams are doing. So when that first got put on the table for me, I guess in my mind, it was like, right, what's the team going to be about? Who's going to be playing for the team? What league are we going to go in? If I'm doing this, it has to be serious because if I'm giving up my time, um, then we need to do this properly. So I kind of laid that down from, you know, from day one. I could see that they were, seri they were serious as well in terms of management. And then, you know, just in, in terms of everyone that's part of Grand, we're just a big, massive family. Um, and I think what's just helped with what you were just saying in terms of respect, with me... What you see is what you get. I'm a humble guy. I'm hardworking. I demand excellence. I've got high standards. I want everyone to work, you know, and I'm honest, you know, I'm going to make mistakes as well, you know, and, and players will see that, you know, but it's not for will, not for, you know, for want, but not for trying. It's I'm trying to do the best for the team. I'm trying to do the best for me. If I want us to play a particular way, it's because we've got the type of players that we have. If it's because we've got to change our style, we've got to change our style. If I think a player hasn't played well enough, he's got to come off or I expect better from him in the next 15, 20 minutes. And I'm just honest with the players because there's too many times, especially with the type of players that I have at Grand, a lot of these players, sorry, a lot of these boys play a very, very high level. And I think a lot of boys that play Sunday football that actually play higher levels on a Saturday, they've just had enough. They've had enough playing on a, a, a you know a Saturday level where They've moved from club to club to club to club. Yeah. And just that honesty from the from the managers. So hopefully, like I said, I've been able to play my part and build those positive relationships with these players so that in the future, when I get my opportunity, I'll be calling upon these players, depending on the levels that I'm managing at. So Ahmed, Ahmed, how long have you been at Grand? How long have I been there, do you say, sorry? Yeah, Grand. How long have you been there? Just our first season last year. And you won the league and the London Cup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what um, uh, what league what do you play breakfast? What league you playing? That is Grand Grand playing the Rom uh, Rom Pope in the Surrey Surrey League. Yeah, so we've got our, our nearest kind of competitor would be would be Brixton. Um, who, who who took us all the way in the semi-final and I've, I've been Kaz. honest with them. Is that Kaz? Sorry. Kaz? I think I think so, yeah. I don't know all the guys there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, know, yeah. I, know, yeah. I know you probably know them, Barry. Um, but yeah, yeah they, 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 and, you know, they dominated us in the first half in, in the, in the semi-final and like I said, I've got an utmost respect for the players that we play against, the teams that we come up against and they, they should have went in at half-time winning and I think yeah. the second half we stepped it up and they got a little bit tired and as you probably saw on YouTube, we end up, end up scoring a, an absolute weldy from about yeah. 35 yards. Great which goal, is, yeah, great goal. Yeah, yeah. it's unbelievable from, from Razak Coleman. So, yeah. who's, a, who's, a, who's a great a who's a great prospect as well. Yeah. With, yeah, just with, just so, with um, that. Guys, with thank you for all your comments. Oh, sorry. Um, let me just uh, go through the comments. Um, Apple, Westcott. Uh, 
Sorry, yeah, you know, I think it's my internet. I think uh, is there a I bit of a delay? Wheels, delay. Uh, needs, needs oil. Nah, to read, yeah, you just cut me yeah, off. Yeah, I think it's oil. <laughs> nah, I'll oh, give so, oh, have I? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Let me, let okay. me. Let me kind of go through go. The, um, the comments first. You, know, you go, have, you go. We have plenty of time. Leave me um, Apple, Westcott, said, uh, man management here is, is spot on. Um, Ahmed, um, um, Ahmed is a coach for the players. Yeah? yeah, and then he's also said, you can't ask a man what said in the change room. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. I know what stays in this. Of course. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I mean, nah. Hey, it, nah. you know, honestly, like I can always say the most important. I want to know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like the most important bit in a football match <laughs> is the halftime team talk. That's the most important thing in the whole football game. I swear that. You know you, like, I think. I think. Sorry to cut you. I think. I think. I could probably do it at this level, and that's no disrespect to the Sundays, but I think the higher levels, I can't be as honest as I normally am, because I think if I said what I, what, what would happen is in the change of any higher level, I'd probably be crucified, but, but I think where we are, I think it's fine. And we, we, was making a, we was making a reference to the video video that you showed, and, and I think it was an important uh, point in terms of the point that you made, and and, and and we were speaking about, you know, a lovely character in Chase as well, who's a, who's a player for the team, so I think it, it it's nice to kind of ask what we said in the change room because it kind of paints a bigger picture, you know. And I think these are the things that sometimes we we don't we're not able to kind of share and talk about. So I think it was perfectly fine. Cool, uh, Mimi, you can ask your question. Nah, uh, nah. So you you made reference to the YouTube uh, video. So you, as a character and as a manager on the sideline, how do you um, kind of focus yourself on the team and not worrying about the cameras and the sidelines. No, yeah. no, I'm yeah. I'm just I eat, sleep, football, live football. So I'm I'm so engrossed on what's going on. And you know, and it's very important for me that within that moment, it doesn't matter who we're playing, I'm observing mm -hmm. what's going on. So even when we're, when we're attacking, I'm observing what the defenders are doing. What's the goalkeeper doing? What's his starting position? I'm observing what the team's formation is. Are they playing three against three in central midfield or are we a man down in terms of being outnumbered? I'm always trying yeah. to observe and try and read ahead the next five, ten mm -hmm. minutes. I think when I play football, I think one of my biggest attributes, and it, it kind of leads on to the questions you asked earlier, one of my biggest attributes, I'm, I'm probably fortunate in a way, because you know I must be to, to, to be able to coach the way I coach, um, as a player, I read the game very well. I wasn't the quickest. Um, I was sharp over ten yards. I played as a centre. I played as a centre back, and then naturally went into the centre midfield as a defensive midfielder. And I just mm -hmm. read very well. I remember playing against strikers, top strikers at grassroots level, and I would always play them offside. And every guy mad, ah, oh, this guy always playing me offside. How's he doing it? How's you know? And it was always that step ahead. So I think when I'm on the touchline and I'm, I'm managing grand it doesn't matter who it is that's standing behind me or the cameras left right even when sometimes the players are talking so obviously I'll talk to the players because I'll prepare them if I'm going to make a sub or I'm making sure they're ready in terms of warming up from when they're going to come on um, or if the ball goes out of play that might give me the opportunity to maybe sp speak with management so with Vinny at grand yeah. or, the players, or talk to the players on the pitch so I'm just fully engrossed on what's going on observing yeah. every single minute so and not not getting carried away with the score, not getting yeah. carried away mm -hmm. with how we're playing, and just demanding yeah. and demanding and demanding more. Uh, yeah. And I can't, I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't. Mm. Maybe I'll change my way as I get older, and and the levels mm. may change. And maybe, and I, I think I mentioned it to Brees before, and I've mentioned it even with the players I'm working with. If I was maybe coaching them more consistently, then maybe I would say less more on the touchline because obviously the yeah. players. Are the players have to think yeah. independently as well. And yeah. if, you to, if you compare it to grassroots and say mm -hmm. kids football, I wouldn't mm -hmm. say as much. I wouldn't say as no. much. I would let the children play and, yeah. and we would we would talk about some of our um some of our key things that maybe we want to get out at the start of the match and then whether we achieve them at the at the end of the match. So that's how probably I would compare it to, to kids football as well. 
Cool. Uh, Laura, your question. Yeah, so I've got two questions. I've just been thinking. So how do you do you use social media as quite a good platform like Twitter and all the grassroots teams just throw everything out there and obviously it's free and you find so much out. I mean, that's how I get most of my information. Um, and is that how you get players or do they just come to you or do you go and scout them? How does it all tie in together? Um, firstly, I, I do use social media. So I'm on Insta, Facebook and Twitter, coach.armit. One, I think, at Instagram. I don't use it consistently. I try to, to, to just to showcase the work I do as a coach, including like tonight's video, because obviously I'm trying to paint that picture. I'm trying to build my profile and just trying to be noticed, as as you know, but not noticed from a from a kind of ego perspective. I probably don't talk myself up enough. Just trying to put things out there to try and keep progressing, developing. In terms of players for Grand Athletic, we're lucky to have. You know, a lot of guys working behind closed doors, as you probably call it. Um, we've got players that play at a very good level on Saturdays and then they're, they're able, they're around a good network of players. So they try and maybe, you know, communicate with their friends at the clubs that they're playing with. And then and then we try and uh, naturally have that transition where they come might come into the preseason friendlies like what we're playing now and then start looking at those players and then integrate them into the team. Um, so, but we have players that don't, just play on the Saturdays. We have players that play lower level football as well and probably class on the Sunday level footballers. But um, yeah, in terms of players that come into Grand, there's, you've got to be a, a particular type of player. You've got to buy in to what we are. There is no egos. Um, everyone's hardworking. Everyone has high standards. Everyone's honest. We're not this team that want to fight other clubs on a Sunday. We try and have the utmost respect for the referee, the, the teams that we come up against, the management that we're coming up against. Obviously, there's sometimes things that go out on social media because sometimes you're trying to kind of build your platforms and whatnot. But as a whole, you know, there's got to be a particular type of grand player that will come into our team that we would be interested in. Cool. Uh, Coach Barry. Uh, my question's always a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> My one's going, all right, um, Ahmed, you've done all these, you've done all your coaching levels and things like that, but all the best coaches I've come across and met, they always have, they like put all this talent they've learned and skills they've learned and they still make like, their own template. Have you got the Ahmed template, what you use when you go to clubs, your own way, your own style, or do you follow all the things you've been learned in your you wait for A, you wait for B, Culver. Or do you have your armor template, which you have, which is a mixture of everything you've learned? You know what, Barry? You're smashing it with the questions tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, that's a, that's a, that's a, no disrespect to no one else, that's a top, top question. You know what? Like, I, think, I think one of the most important No, that things, is a disrespect. You know what? I think I'm just going to disconnect. <laughs> yeah, we don't need you. I think um, I think one of the most important things, Barry. Yeah. If I don't answer that question straight away. No, no. We would we would all probably agree here, not just with football and 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 what we do. It's very important that we don't lose our identity. And I exactly. think sometimes um, we can get carried away, carried away by watching what other people do. And yeah. it's very important that you spend time knowing who you are as an individual. So then when you take it into kind of football context, I've been in situations where I've gone into professional academies and I haven't enjoyed it sometimes. And, my, and my, my mentality's changed now. Everything I do is about how I coach, what I do. And it's about the players. It's about the players. It's about putting it into context about what they need now. And what do they need later? So sometimes yeah. there'll be coaches out there, and I'm sure I'm sure we're all aware of this. We, we're doing coaching session, and it's a great session for you, but actually, it's not specific and relatable and engaging for the players you're working with. True. So, so we have to sometimes sometimes strip it back. What do the players need now? Hmm. What do they need to learn later? So I'm not going to coach young kids what I've been taught on an A license. It just doesn't yeah. make sense. Um, for young kids, it's always about enjoyment anyway. 
And of course, you then throw little things in there to make it harder, to make it more aggressive. Yeah. You, know, you know which players you can kind of test a little bit more in terms of pushing them harder. Um, yeah. To answer to your question, I've, I've, I haven't got my template, but I know the way I like coaching. Yeah, exactly. And if you see, if you see the way I coach, I'm very intense. But as an individual, the way you see me now, I'm very fair. I'm, you know, I have a personality where, you know, you know, I'm kind of loving towards the players that I work with. But I'm also very hard. I demand excellence. But it's done in a way where the players kind of buy into it. They trust it. They trust that's that it's coming. They trust you and they respect you. Yeah. So that's they trust and respect. Yeah. That's it. So that's 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 probably my template. My template to do with coaching probably evolves around my personality. Yeah. And I think we don't sometimes pay a lot of t attention to the personality of a coach. We pay too much attention to where they've coached. How, where did they play as a professional football player? What yeah, do they true. know? Yeah. No, and yeah. what is the personality like of the coach? That is, yeah. that is, that is the problem. 100%. Coaching. Well, do, do, yeah. do, do the players relate? Do they relate to the actual coach? Can we relate yeah. to him? Can we bond with him? Can we bind with him? And sometimes yeah, it must be a great coach, but he doesn't bond with the squad. He's coming to coach a squad yeah. and he doesn't blend with them and they, they don't take no, to him. 100%. And I think yeah. once you've got those foundations in place, yeah. everything else is just consistent. You just add little things here and there. If it if someone maybe takes it away from what you're trying to build, then you have to remind them again. Um, but you build those foundations and then you can mm. only ever grow. You don't look you don't look to going backwards, you look to going forward and then you kind of keep adding the layers. Arvid, can I ask you something else? Because what I've noticed, because I'm the youth grassroots. Yeah. And what we've got now, all we play against all these teams at grassroots level, and they're all trying to play the same way. You know, yeah. out from the yeah. back. And the players are nowhere near at that technical or skill level. Yeah. And the coaches at the side screaming at them, at yeah. these little boys who you haven't coached them how to, they're not at that level to play. But all the teams are trying to play this way. Getting caught and goals are being scored, and the poor little boys getting and girls as well are getting screamed. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's, it's, so it's poor. Yeah, it's very frustrating. watching it. No, it's the worst but, thing as well. Like in in terms of that that kind of risk of reward, which kind of applies to kind of football and coaching. Yeah. Like similar to what Tabri said about the decision in the final. You know, the yeah. risk is I take off Chase, who I've got a, a, a you know a fantastic player and a great attitude. Do we lose that intensity in the final by taking them off? But then yeah. we've got other players that can also provide the same, but maybe doesn't have the yellow card underneath their name. But when we take it back in terms of kids' football or even adults' football, yeah. if you haven't, if those individual players don't have that excellence on the ball and yeah. how to manipulate those situations in terms of playing out from the back, yeah. then how are they yeah. able to come get out of that situation? So that's yeah. why yeah. what Barry said that the futsal element. And, and coaching and football coaching, yeah. you know, as boring as it can as it can become sometimes that every coach starts a session off with ball manipulation or those kind of, you know, those kind of, you know, those 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 kind of skills in terms of what we want the children to learn. It's very important. That's that's the that's the that's the you know, there's there's probably an argument, you know, in terms of should a player learn passing first or should a player learn how to be good at the ball. And it's it's a difficult one. When I played as a kid, I just absolutely loved passing. Absolutely yeah. loved it. And and I guess going back to your question as well, Barry, I think yeah. sometimes as a coach as well, what you deliver or the way you want your team to play sometimes applies to how you are as a player as well. True. So, it's true. Yeah. I, mean, I think that, that plays a big part in it as well. Yeah. That's so, true. <laughs> you, you've got my brain ticking now, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's why I'm here. I'm here to get brain sticky. It's good. It's good. Oh, I love that. Uh, um, Barry from Ultimate Sports Network. I'm oh, sorry, Football I mean, Network. Um, what's your vision? Two questions, really. What's your vision for Grand? And what's your vision for Amit? Well, um, my vision in Grand is probably to be you know, a, a team that is uh, the best team nationally. 
So we, you know, we've we've only started. We've, it's up. Like we're into our second season this year, so we've got to kind of build the ground blocks. But for me, with Grand, it's about providing. Are you, are you in the nationals? You in the nationals? I think this year. I think this year we are. Yeah, I think this year. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I'll be watching. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, <laughs> we as a manager, I'm, I'm able to kind of influence the team playing a, a, a brand, a start a brand style of football in terms of an attacking style with, you know, with rotation and freedom to express ourselves as a team, but also we're very hardworking on and off the ball. Um, so that's, um, but also from a vision in terms of um, young children looking up to kind of who we are and wanting to kind of be part of Grand, that might be that we've got our Grand kind of youth teams and are now kind of aspiring to want to become part of Grand in terms of the senior perspective um, and having those kind of, you know, from that marketing perspective, people right there kind of wanting to be the next grand, wanting to be the next, you know, coach Armit or the, the next coach Vinnie or, you know, wanting to yeah. be the next, you know, player that we've got on our team. So it's, it's about the youth, isn't it? It's about the players that are and the children that are coming up. We, we've got yeah. to be able to provide for them in a way where they, they can look up um, to, to, you know, to positive role models. So that's probably the vision in terms of grand. Vision in terms of me is obviously going into management and, 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 and influencing and inspiring and impacting the professional game, but also yeah. impacting the local community, impacting the local community in a way where there's individuals of my ethnicity, whether it be black, Asian, Turkish, that, yeah. I, that I play that part where they can look up to me and thought, you know what, he's gone into professional football. This is where we started off. I want to be if not the next coach Armit, I want to be someone that can go where he's gone. Um, and I want to kind of work with him and, and help individuals, mentor them to kind of, you know, to, to develop them and progress them. So being being that kind of helping hand to, to coaches or players that maybe don't know they're going to go into coaching and and help and support them in a way of them starting their journey. So I probably, that's probably my bigger vision. So vision of going into the pro games, but make impact in the community in a positive way. Well, Armin, haven't you had um, any offers from like semi-professional teams, clubs? You must have I've had, had offers from the semi-professional. Not, not, not management-wise, no. Not one offer. Oh, wow. No. Okay. Quite surprising. Huh? Well, so, so, so you're looking, Armin, are you looking to link with any semi-pro pro clubs in the area that you're in so that you've got like a feeder to them or the other way, vice versa? Is that what you're looking to do? Do you mean in terms of grand, you mean? Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah, in terms of grand. I think, um, I guess there might be some, uh, over the short term, longer term, I think there might be a way of doing it in terms of, you know, there might be that link. So if, if, if grand and the management uh, kind of, uh, you know, I say management above me, but, you know, the management guys that first started grand, um, yeah. Javan and, and Jordan and the guys in behind them as well, they put a lot of work into obviously making Grand successful and we've had an unbelievable first season. Um, so I think we're humble where we are. We've only just started. So I think we've got to take small steps. So before we start thinking about, you know, talking about some of the visions that I just mentioned, I think it's about recognising that we need to be consistent in what we're doing. And then we can start thinking about, you know, longer term in terms of linking in with, you know, your semi-professional clubs and sponsorship and stuff like that and marketing and merchandise. I mean, look, SC Dons are right there. They're the team that are kind of massive in that kind of area. And I'm sure, you know, Javan and Jordan aspire to, you know, to do that and become bigger as well. So over longer term, definitely, you know, something that we're probably going to want to do. Cool. And um, George Lissa has come in and said, is I mean, it's Turkish? If so, did he play in the Turkish league in London back in the day? I did. Yeah, I did. I played. Um, I, I, I actually loved it. Yeah. So when I started, I think, finishing my, um, I say football career in terms of kind of semi-professional football, um, the Turkish community could be so big and sometimes so small. But, you know, I ended up playing in the, in the North London League down at Hackney Marshes and I played for a, uh, a team called Akuncalay. So yeah, and they were very successful. Yes, I did. I did play for in the Turkish league for a sh for a short while, and I absolutely loved it because uh, again, we're so passionate. We've got a lot of kind of uh, the guys that kind of manage the team. 
they put a lot of time and effort into it. So they, they'll be running their business Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday. And then they're sometimes trying to put money back into the team. And then I remember that, you know, I mean, there was one time, I think there was a guy that had his own business, I think fruit and veg. And at half time we had, we had every single fruit that we had. We had passion fruit, we had mango. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember, I remember bringing a friend of mine that I'm, lo I'm looking for my friend who's playing centre midfield with me. And I, I won't forget the story. And I tell my kids it all the time. And I'm looking to the left of me and I can't see my midfield partner. And I'm thinking, where is he? And he's still eating fruit. <laughs> I think five minutes five minutes in, he's giving it one of these ones. He had to come off. He was so bloated. Uh, uh, but I think, I think three weeks later, I think they got rid of him because they're in the Turkish leagues, they've got this kind of uh, foreigner rule. So if you're black or you're anything else from Turkish, you're kind of classed as a... As a as a non-Turk, so I think yeah. you could bring four or five players into the Turkish league. So my friend is Congolese, um, so I think they swapped him for a kind of uh, another kind of non-Turk. So I think four <laughs> weeks later, I see this, you know, this young black man that was playing alongside me in centre midfield, and it wasn't it wasn't my friend anymore. So, <laughs> so that, oh, that was a great story, to be fair. And uh, Paul Paul Barrett just come in and said, "Love the humble talk," and you know, um, and again, I can I can kind of second that. Um, again, when when we kind of talking about um, the I said the the kind of ethos of Sunday League football, um, the semi final was like done, and there was a big I say it was probably a big thirty minute conversation in terms of where the final was going to be played, and and you know, hey, like. Yeah. You know, there were like people that were talking about like where it should be played and what time and like coach like you just literally just stood away and just listened and then you only spoke you know you know um just like when you kind of needed to and again you know it, it just shows how like much you respect the game uh yeah. and you know we yeah we need more people like you in the game so um so honestly, honestly, oh, thank, thank you. Actually, that. actually, I've got one, one more question before you go. Um, so, again, just kind of looking through your CV, um, yeah. all of the roles that you've had have lasted just one season. So, I'm guessing yeah. Grand is going to be a lot more. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, Grand, Grand's going to be definitely long term, um, unless I go into the the desires of what I want in terms of full time professional football. But in terms of, um. It adds it adds value. I think that's probably the thing. Grand Grand Athletic adds value to kind of me as an individual and, and me being part of the the bigger picture with Grand Athletic. Like I said, I'm humble to be part of the opportunity. And at Grand, we're a massive family, and we celebrated our successes last year. And it, it was a it was just a celebration. And I, I was just you know humble to be part of that and just grateful, just grateful to to meet to meet you know lovely people that work hard and graft. That are, you know, similar to me as as a person in that aspect, um, and also to be to have the opportunity to work with players that play a very very high level Saturday football. You know, this is these are the players that I want to be working with now on my journey. You know, and, yeah. they, and they're playing, they're playing. You know, some of the players are playing two leagues below national league. You know, which is one league below professional football. Mm. You know, so I I take confidence from that. You know, to to kind of manage those players and work with those players and have that man man management with these players. You know, it's it's a big compliment to, to myself. And I don't talk myself up, but you know, secretly I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be working with these players, especially when I know that I'm working with players that are played at professional clubs as well and, and they're still young. And I just wanna I just wanna help them get back into the game. Some of these players are still like, you know, 21, 22, 23. I want to do everything I can do to help them go back into the pro game where they belong, you know, and even if it's, even if it's something small that maybe kind of set them back and I'm able to kind of build that positive relationship with them, you know, and sometimes and that's what frustrates me that I can't be with these players in that sometimes they're not higher levels, but listen, it's a process, you know, I'm grateful for where I am and, you know, it's, you know, it's about the journey, isn't it? Sometimes we can, we can get fixated on the destination and I have, and I've been frustrated and I've had tears, you know, frustration, you know, buying closed doors, it's, it's hard, it's tough. You know, I've, I've had so many setbacks in terms of jobs that I've gone for in kind of professional football and I'm, you're, you're, you know, you're sending application after application and it's, 
and you're thinking to yourself, what's the point? What's the point in doing this? But I think there's a part of me where I'm very stubborn. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very stubborn and I'm very determined. I'm, I'm very strong-minded. I'm very hard-working, as I mentioned many times. And I, I won't let go of my dream until I get what I want. So, you know, so yeah. I think in terms of... Don't let go of your dreams, mate. Never. Never let go of your dreams. Believe me. Yeah. It will yeah. come. It will come. No, I can't, I can't let go anywhere because I've got, I've got my two children looking up to me. Yeah. And I think sometimes you're not, you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for like the bigger community sometimes. Because yeah, there'll be yeah. individuals maybe listening now or people that know me. And they're the guys that sometimes look up to you that maybe they haven't told you. So it's yeah. a bigger picture sometimes. It's not just me, you know, it's my two children and there's more, there's more people that, that believe in me, you know, yeah. so it's for them as well. Good. Coach, Good. coach, honestly, coach, I'm a, it's been an absolute pleasure. Well, it's been an absolute honour. As you go. Yeah, you know what, I'm here, you know, listen, I've got to respect coach's time. You're like, we, 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 uh, we've we exactly. like had coach for an hour and as I said before, it flew by. Absolutely I flew. Had a flew few more deep questions. Had a few more questions, but you know what, coach? You know what? We need you back on the show, one hundred percent. When you're listen, feel free, feel free to content. feel free to share my contact contact details. I, I just want to, as as we all do, we just want to be around good people, don't we? And we just want to, yeah. you know, we just need to support each other and, and be the best that we can be as an individual. But. Can do oh. as well, so <laughs> I don't think sometimes I don't think sometimes there's enough of that. We don't celebrate other people's successes as well. There's that insecurity yeah. where we're, we're kind of we don't you know we're worried about other people kind of progressing over us or whatever it might be. You know, we're all we're all capable of doing something. We're all capable of excellence, and we need to celebrate that and just support each other. You know, and and that way we can all succeed in you know where we want to go. Especially, yeah, and no disrespect to anyone else, especially. Um, you know, us people of, of colour, you know, we need to yeah. try and get a lot of us or more of us into the game, you know, and, and it's important that we, you know, we push each other on and we keep, you know, we keep supporting each other wherever we can, you know, Definitely. even if we're watching a coaching session, even if it's just a phone call, you know, pick up the phone and speak and, and do whatever it is that we can do to help each other. You know, yeah. that's, that's the best way. That's the best way. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.